Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone, welcome to the BIH show. The round robin's over and now we're reaching the final week of the Elite Series as the playoffs come into view. I'm Craig Anderson, joining me on this week's edition are the men who have kept us informed of the action on the ice all the way through the competition is of course the commentators. I speak to each of them from each club involved and get their thoughts on the competition so far, what they've made of their own teams and their rivals and how they might fare in the playoffs. Please be mindful of the fact we did record this on Monday as the regular season ended and the playoffs began, but enjoy and hear what they had to say. Seth Bennett and Simon Harris from Manchester Storm, Ed Kimberley from Coventry Blaze, Nottingham Panthers, James Brandon and Jonathan Fernley from Sheffield Steelers all share their thoughts on the tournament. Later, Ed, James and Jonathan chat to me, but first, it's Seth and Simon from the Storm. The first of our commentators are here to look back on the regular season games. I'm delighted to say Manchester Storm's duo, Simon Harris and Seth Bennett, are with us. Guys, thank you very much for joining us on the BIH show. Manchester finishing bottom of the pile, but that's by no means a disgrace. It's a very open competition. Simon, what have you made of the Storm's progress in this tournament so far? It's, it was a steady progress through the first few weeks. You know, we took a little bit of a step back maybe uh, the last couple of games, but it's good to see uh, players, you know, come on game on game. Lundell Nua was doing really well. Tyson Fawcett just got his, his first goal last night. So, you know, it is good. You, you do see uh, players progressing for on, on all teams. So it's getting right at the business end of everything now with these knockout competitions so hopefully we're ready for it and that's the good thing about this competition Seth the fact that all the teams have all beaten each other Sheffield you know and Manchester two teams you know very well Manchester Mm -hmm. certainly aren't going to fear them are they no not at all and I was actually really impressed number one with the team that Ryan Finnerty drafted in the first place but of course secondly how they played you know I thought they were really really entertaining Simon and I were together for their victory over Nottingham and 
it should have been a much bigger margin of victory because they were dominant all the way through that game. They dominated in every single area of the ice. And I just look at I look at Manchester and I, I see a side that can upset anybody, anybody at all um, in, in this competition. You know, look, Sheffield have got high-octane offence, uh, but I think Manchester are one of the teams that can actually match that. You know, they, they've got the kind of scoring through the, their lineup that is... Is really really strong. You know, loads and loads of depth, and I think that's really really exciting. Um, and you know, when you look at that team, a lot's going to come down to goaltending. And there's some question marks for Sheffield as to who's going to be between the pipes when when it comes to these you know the, these postseason matches, if you like. And um, I think that's going to be maybe where this size won. Now, when you look at the, the storm players in particular, when you look at the scoring charts. Simon Scott Simmons and Kieran Long are both up there deservedly. So the two of them have had fantastic tournaments. How much have they played a big part in what Manchester have done? How much um, confidence did, did they give the team when, when they're on form? Well, if, if I'm honest, you know, Scott Simmons is probably a little bit of a surprise package with the with the points because he's normally like the hard worker that you're going to have out there. He's the, the face-off winner, you know, he's, he's the physicality in the side. But the fact that he's got the, the assists he has and he's chipped in with the goals as well, he's great to see because he's one of the players that really didn't get a lot of hockey with all the, the shutdown. So to see him come in and be so influential is, is, is really, really <laughs> encouraging because I hope he's in a Storm jersey, you know, next season. Kieran Long, another one, we lost him to uh, Belfast Giants. Is he wanted to give his hand at a bigger club in the Champions League and to get him back was a bit of a coup. I think Ryan Finity did well to protect Kieran there and he, he hit the ground running and he's got himself a, a spot in the GB side, which I'm really proud of, probably a bit too much. <laughs> you know, I feel like a little kid. He's like, yeah, he's got in there. And, you know, that tweet he put out about don't give up on your dreams, keep going. It's like, oh, it's just brilliant. It's great to see. It's really, really, really like the highlight so far, I think, of the series for me. I'm glad you brought that up, Simon. Seth, obviously you, you follow GB with your in your capacity as BBC's commentator. Um, mm. I, I spoke with Kieran not too long ago and reaching the GB squad was, was one of his key aims and being part of this competition. I also remember speaking to him when he missed out on the squad two years ago. How much has this competition driven him to do just that? I think it has. I think it's opened that door of opportunity, hasn't it? And within that GB squad, there is a Robert Farmer-shaped hole. And the question is, can Kieran Long be the player that, that fills in for Robert Farmer? I think that uh, he has his opportunity now. People will always knock him for his skating and say, well, at that level, is he going to be able to skate with these guys? Well, let me tell you, the majority of the Brits are going to struggle with skating at the level of some of the top sides in, in world hockey. But Kieran Long has got a presence out there. He has a knack for being in the right place at the right time. When we look back to that Nottingham game, you know, Kieran Long made a goal by just going to the net. He got a tiny piece of the puck off the jack of his stick that created a goal-scoring opportunity. He has that ability to do that. He's somebody that is very natural in that respect. And whilst the modern game is, is skating, 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 he skates well enough to be competitive. But that knack around the net is something that the GB squad doesn't have in abundance and I could see where he would fit in very nicely as a tournament goes on and you know for Pete Russell let's find out let's find out can Kieran Long play at this level 
If he can't, you know, that, there's no no issue with that. But this is a, a shot to nothing, this tournament for GB. So let's have a look at the British guy that scored all the goals over the last two, three years. And another player I think who's been very influential, just when I look down the list there, and he's quite high up in the scoring, Dallas Earhart, the captain, of course. And Dallas has been at the club a good while now. Simon, you're smiling there as soon as I mentioned his name. He's, yeah. he's been a key part of this team, and I think he was one of the one of the first real picks that Ryan Finnerty had when he was putting this team together. Well, the thing why I'm smiling about Dallas is he leads us with shots and shots on goal. And you, you know why? Because he plays, obviously, on the power play unit and he throws him towards net. So you understand that. But it's mental when a defender has so many more shots than, you know, the, the, the forwards underneath him. And he's also stepping up as well. He's not just sticking on that blue line, putting these shots in. He's skating in. We've seen some great goals that he scored the other night. You know, he's, he's putting his stick through his legs. He's, he's trying, trying to turn on the style and... It's, it's kind of typical Dallas. We do see it throughout a regular season and he, he does tend to have maybe a, a more slow, short start and then ends up being very influential. So to see it in this four weeks that we've had, it, it does bring a smile to myself because it's, it's like condensed Dallas, if you could do so, <laughs> if you could call it that. He's, he is a, he's a very influential player. You know, he, he's got the physical element. He'll stand up for his team, he'll chip in with goals, he's a good defender, so he's, he's the complete package. And hopefully he's here for the rest of his career as well. So, Seth, which of the, the sort of new faces that have come into the Manchester team have impressed you? You've got the likes of Martin Grant, who I think has, has, has really... He started off a bit slowly, but he's, he's maybe found his form as the tournament's gone on. Um, you've got the, the, the Glasgow duo, I've got to mention them. Craig Peacock and Matt Haywood have, have made a contribution as well. Even the younger players, Ben Solder, Joe Hazeldean, I think, has been excellent. Harry Gulliver has, has made a bit of a contribution. Who stood out for you? Well, I think there are three names. I think there's Glavistad, I think there's Lundell Noah, and I think there's Joe Hazeldine. And you can't underestimate what Joe Hazeldine's done in this tournament. You know, two months ago, he was playing in the NIHL North Cup for the Nottingham Lions. Six weeks later, he's playing Line 1D in the Elite League, something that he's never done in his life. He barely got a shift the last two or three years. You know, so he's gone away and he's worked on his game and he, he's found a way to contribute. And Ryan Finnerty's confidence in him grew as the tournament went on. He didn't shy at any point in throwing him out there. He was on the first penalty kill unit at times. He was on that first line playing with Dallas Erhart. And you saw him grow in confidence again as the, the, the whole series went on. And he was contributing. And he's an offensive-minded defenseman, just like his younger brother. And the pair of them have got that ability to just jump into the play, to read the play. And defensively, is he still a little bit naive? Yeah, but he's 20. 20 playing first line D in a, a series where you have some seriously experienced players. So I think for me, I think he's just been a massive find. And I'll say this now, if Paul Swindlehurst ain't going to Latvia, I would put my mortgage on Joe Hazeldine being the guy that gets called up to replace him in that squad. And what an experience that would be for a young kid because whoever the GB coach is going to be in five, six years' time, he's going to be the guy that's out there and he's going to be contributing in a massive way to the Great Britain programme. You look at London Noah, he, he's a guy that just oozes class when he's out there on the ice. Maybe he's a little bit perimeter, 
at times, but he is. He's a great skater, great, great puck protector, you know, creative player. I really like what he brings to the table. And I think Klaverstad, you know, we talked about this in, com in commentary the other night in, the, in that Nottingham game. Wouldn't surprise to see him signing up with Manchester for next season. And I know that might raise a few eyebrows. I think he's really enjoyed this, um, this experience of being in Manchester, being part of the Elite League. And uh, it, again, it wouldn't surprise me if he's somebody that ends up in the Elite League and hopefully with Manchester. So we'll touch on the other teams in, in the competition before we, we talk about the, the playoffs. Um, and I'm mindful this is Monday when we're recording this, by the time you watch this, um, that the playoffs could well have started. But I just want to get the pick of um, the, the other team's players as well. Simon, starting with you, who stood out for you from the, the games you've seen? Oh, I'll go with the easy ones. I'll make Seth work. I'll go with Keck at <laughs> commentary. I mean, you can't really see passing, can you? No, no matter what happens here on in, he's he's gonna be the find of the series. It's got to be, you know, him linking up with uh, Hammond. It's just been mental to watch, you know, because he's he's come from you know college. It's not like he's got a CV behind him as such, and he's he's hit the ground running. And I think there'll be a few teams offering him contracts. So he's been really impressive. As I've Coventry, you know, I like the way Danny Stewart's teams play. They're, they're very offensive. They've got that kind of uh, buzz about them. So um, him so far, and I like uh, Alden at Sheffield, you know, just to perhaps mention one of the ones that doesn't really get like the headlines like Kirk and Ebley. So Alden, I like him. Who else have we got? Uh, yeah, and we touched on London Noah for, for Stone. Those are the ones that have pretty much stood out for me. Yeah. I think, look, the absolute hero of this tournament has got to be Liam Kirk. You look at what he brings, speed, shot, creativity, and he's a kid that's gone away and learned his craft, hasn't he? Um, and to me, he's the most explosive player in this tournament. Alden, wonderful player, but Liam Kirk has got to be the one outstanding player. I think another one who I've really enjoyed watching throughout this tournament has got to be David Clements. Um, I've known Clemo for five, six, seven years, something like that. And he is an effervescent character. He's a guy that I remember in a playoff final, he went out and he got to the end of warm-up and he was just messing around on the ice in the playoff final. It was the, the year that Nottingham beat Sheffield. And he was messing around with balloons on the ice. And he was absolutely winding up the Sheffield players who were kind of re were refusing to leave the ice until he left the ice. But he just and he was a kid. You know, he was a kid that was just winding up the opposition, messing around, doing this, doing that, doing the other. Um, and he's somebody I've been waiting to really kick on because he's better than just being a sixth defenseman. And we've seen in this series, he skates well. You know, he, he's an offensive defenseman. He sees that first pass. And in this tournament, he's had the time and the opportunity to express himself on the power play. He's had the time to express himself at even strength as well. So he's he's been somebody that I've really, really enjoyed watching perform throughout this series. Um, and I suppose, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much all, all she wrote for me in terms of other players that I've not mentioned that, that have done really well. I think that, you know, I've got to be honest, I'm disappointed with Nottingham. 
Um, I think they've had fits and starts. They've not done nearly enough for me in this tournament. I think that we all looked at the draft and thought that their goaltending was going to be the difference amongst all, all the teams. Um, but I just think defensively, they've not done enough. Um, they've not been good enough in this tournament. So all that takes us nicely to the playoff semi-finals. As I say, mindful of the fact that by the time this goes out, the playoffs will have started. Guys, are we going to see Manchester in the playoff final next weekend? It's a possibility, isn't it? I mean, we're two, two and two. We're pretty evenly matched up. I had a, just a glance at the um, the stats from last night, and the the pretty pretty even. Everything from face-offs to you know power play percentage, everything's pretty evened out. So uh, I hope so. Obviously, <laughs> I really really hope so. But I think it'll just take uh, Manchester to play their complete game, and if they can do that over the two legs, then, yeah, we can beat Sheffield. But you just perhaps think Sheffield have got that little bit of firepower in the locker that'll see them through. If you can keep them under five goals, um, you, you're doing well and you, you give yourself a chance. For me, Craig, it comes down to goaltending. And we don't know who's going to be between the pipes for the Sheffield Steelers across this series. Um, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing for me. You look at the fact that, in reality... You know, if Bonner has a good series, he gives Manchester a chance. And if he can keep Sheffield to under three goals a game, then Manchester will most likely win this series. Uh, and that's that's the way you've got to see it. If you're Ryan Finnerty, you know, Ryan Finnerty has religiously played four lines all the way through this series. He's just rolled them. Not every other coach has done that. Now he can tighten up his bench. He can pick when he throws that fourth unit out. He can juggle things around a little bit to get, you know, Ben Davies out there a little bit more regularly when he needs him. Uh, same with Matt Haywood. You know, if he's looking to stiffen up a little bit, maybe he doesn't throw out that genuine fourth line. Maybe what he looks to do is, is rotate those guys in with a different winger. He might decide to go down to three centres. You know, there's a ton of options for, for Finner in these games. And the big question is, defensively, how are they going to handle Alden and Kirk? Um, are they going to get distracted uh, by Connolly's antics? Um, and can they handle Tanner Eberle? Eberle is not a natural goal scorer. You know, he's a mucker and a grinder and a, a guy that is, uh, he's been very much through his career kind of a third line type player. In this series, he's exploded and, and really been very, very good. Um, are they going to be able to deal with that speed, if you like? I think that Manchester, if they play well, they can but it's going to come down to goaltending. That's the biggest X factor in this series. And who's between the pipes? How rusty will they be? How on form will they be at either end? That's going to be the biggest contributing factor. Great to hear from you guys. Great insight um, and appreciate your time. As always, thanks for joining us on the BIH show. I dare say we'll catch up soon. Cheers, mate. Joining me for this next part of the BIH show is the other commentators, the guys who have provided their voices to the games that have taken place in the Motor Point Arena. We'll just go round the houses. Ed Kimberley is on the top left there with the headphones on. Give us a wave, Ed. Hey, guys. James Brandon, bottom left-hand corner from Nottingham Panthers. Hello. And Jonathan Fernley of the Sheffield Steelers. Hi, Jonathan. Good evening, everybody. 
Now, this is the rest day before the, the playoffs start this week. And I just want to get your take on the competition so far. Find out who stood out for you guys and all the games you've seen from your own team and from the other team. We'll start with you, Ed. The, the competition's been a, a great spectacle. How much have you enjoyed the, the experience of being involved in this? Oh, yeah, massively. I mean, um, when we do the Blazer webcasts, they're kind of one, two cameras and uh, and that's kind of it. Um, whereas, you know, we've got eight to ten um, direction in here. Um, it's, a, it's a great experience. I think the weirdest thing for me has just been that, you know, I've been to the, um, the Motor Point Arena and to various guises throughout the years and it's empty. And you've got this great big arena and everything's dark and you're just walking through it to go to the restroom or whatever. It's, it's, it's nuts. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. Honestly, it's, um, I, I think we're all pretty blessed to, to have the opportunity to do this after a, a year and whatever. And I've got to ask what it's like behind the scenes. I haven't worked with Dave Burnham in the past. You know, he's a guy who's very clued up. He knows exactly you know, what he does. Mm-hmm. Him and his team offer a, f- a fantastic service. James, we'll cross to you on this one. What is it like behind the scenes? How much are you kept informed of what's going on in the background? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure both the guys will say uh, it's in your ears what you're doing in the commentary, Dave. saying camera two, camera We've got whoever coming for the uh, post-period uh, interview. And we've got the interviews before the game and everything uh, you want to know is pulled straight down your ear. Sometimes you have to block it out for a bit of white noise whilst the game's going on, but the stuff that you do need to hear, you do take on board. And yes, yeah, you couldn't ask for it to, be, to have run any smoother other than uh, perhaps a bit of extra bandwidth to start the series, isn't it? I'm glad you mentioned that. I was going to bring that up with you, James. What was that like, that opening night where you had the difficulties going on and the game ended up going on YouTube? How did that affect you and, and how you broadcast that night? In terms of affecting me, not at all, really. It was just an eight o'clock face-off as opposed to seven o'clock one. I suppose it was the players that wouldn't would have been uh, affected more, having to go out to warm up twice. And I think it was Sheffield didn't come back out, and not that it really mattered in the the end of the, the final score. But Sheffield didn't come back out to warm up, so all their routines and everything would have been uh, messed up by that. But we've got through it, and uh, here we are now with the, the playoffs one day away. Certainly is. Jonathan, from a Sheffield Steelers point of view, you've got Ron Shudra alongside you and Cole Combs. Dave Sims joined you for the on-camera stuff. Who's the biggest diva? Um, well, it's not me. I'll let the other two of them decide because I think that's actually a title that they both want rather than having uh, bestowed upon them. But it's it's been very easy to get back into the swing of things because I'm so used to working with Ron Shudra. I'm so used to having Dave Burnham in the year. It, it's just like a regular... Steelers home webcast. The only thing that's toned down, and I'm sure it's the same for you guys as well, is that we don't have quite so many of the frivolous in-jokes as we would during a normal regular season game. It's all a little bit too serious for that at the moment. <laughs> and of course, the, the tournament itself has really gained in strength, as we, we've said, the playoffs are about to begin. So let's look back on, on the, the regular season, inverted commas, and, and how that's gone. Ed, we'll, we'll start with you, Coventry. I've ended it in second place. Um, I think that's five wins out of, of 12 as I look at the, the table at the moment. How much have you enjoyed this Coventry team and, and who's impressed you? Yeah, it's been a it's been a great group to watch, actually. They've been a lot of fun. I think, you know, straight off the uh, straight off the bat, we, we had the youngest team out of everybody. Um, I think the average age was kind of around two years, um, give or take, uh, younger. Um, that, that came with some... Uh, uh, some praise, I think, from the wider community that we'd gone so young. Um, and yeah, as a result, I think it's it's worked out really well. We didn't, of course, have Swindlehurst for, for uh, any of the regular season after picking up an injury in, 
in Blackburn there. So that was a bit of a blow, but you know, it, it's allowed guys like David Clements to, to rise to the occasion and Clem has been superb. You know, he's, he had the, uh, the, the goal against Manchester there that took, uh, took the game to OT. He had the wonderful goal against Manchester and, um, uh, he had another big goal as well that I forget, but yeah, I know he played superbly and, um, that, that combination of Keck and, and Hammond there kind of did what, uh, Luke Ferrar and Yanni Larkinen did last year and kind of stole the spotlight from them. But no, um, I've, we talked to some of the guys on blaze TV as well throughout trying to get some content out there for the fans and, um, you know, give them something extra to, to grab a hold of. Cause obviously they're not in the buildings, but, um, everyone we spoke to has been great, a, a, a joy. And James, of course, working in the Motorpoint Arena, something you'll have been used to, haven't done it before, obviously. How different is it without the fans? How do you how do you build off the energy off that? I know what it's like. We hear you know the players build off the energy and the fans, but even as a commentator, I haven't done it myself. You, you feel the energy in the room. It's, it must be weird without it. Oh, it's so weird. The, 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 it was the exhibition game against uh, Coventry. The first goal that went in, although it just you didn't really know what to do. And you, you had to make it up and more excitement yourself. I know it was an exhibition game as well, so there wasn't fully an intensity, but it was just so quiet. And it seemed like, not that you, you weren't broadcasting to anybody because you knew that people were watching and whatever, but it just seemed like you guys were there, the players were there, and that was it. So you just had to try and create as much excitement as you could. But it was tough, but once you got into it and, and you knew that people were watching and, and you got the feedback on social media and, and whatnot with the players that were scoring, you knew who they liked, who, who they weren't perhaps fancying this week. It, it was tough, but different. And, and I didn't enjoy it with the no fans there, but you, you get through it, don't you? And, you? and you try and bring the best broadcast that you can. Well, let's talk about the Panthers, actually, James. Obviously, they've had a bit of an up-and-down campaign. I think there's been one or two injuries that have played their part, one or two other things in the background. What have you made of, of the Panthers and who stood out for you from the, the Panthers' point of view? Yeah, well, it was a slow start, really, wasn't it? And then they got, got it together in the middle and then sort of uh, hit and miss towards the end. But the guy that probably... The obvious ones you can pick are the top scorers, say, Boivin and um, Domingue. But the guy that probably brought it all together was Brett Pellini when he came back from Italy. The Panthers weren't really hitting all the marks. And then Pellini came in, a guy that's been with the club for a, for a couple of years, knows what the, the arena is like, knows the dressing rooms and whatever. He was the guy that came together and then the Panthers did pick it up. Matheson got into his stride. Uh, Talbot Tassi and um, the other defenceman as well uh, had gotten into it. So I'd probably say the underrated guy of the whole series really was Brett Pellini, although he did get a point a game. It just wasn't up there because he didn't play all, all 12. And Jonathan, same for, for Sheffield. Who have you in particular enjoyed watching in this competition? I mean, there's been quite a few that leap into my head, certainly. Let's hear it from you. Who, who stuck out for you? Well, although the forwards have taken uh, most of the headlines because of the number of goals the Steelers have been scoring, the early impressions I had of this team was how good it looked defensively. Um, I think had John Muse played a lot more earlier in the tournament, the Steelers' defence might have got a little more... Um, praise than than they did. Uh, Baudry and, and Saxru, Danielson and Schultz have been have been terrific. We know how good um, Sam Jones has been at Fife, and he slotted in, uh, you know, seamlessly. Really, um, David Phillips seems like he's been around forever because um, around the league he pretty much has, um, and it's just been a really good solid unit. But the way the Steelers play, they can sometimes get a little exposed. They're required to get involved in the offense quite a lot, and so the defensive numbers don't look great. 
But on an individual basis, I would love to see them all back in orange again next year because they have impressed. Yeah, players like Connolly and Alden and Kirk and Mikiska, they're going to get the headlines. But um, defensively, I think, uh, in particular, Schultz, Beaudry um, have been excellent pickups. And I think there will be an intention to try and keep them on next year. Now, the one thing I've enjoyed about the tournament is the way that the guys have they've gone from, in some cases, not playing at all to having some game time before. But you can see that the lines have gelled, the teams themselves have gelled as well. Ed, back to you. Coventry, you know, you mentioned the Keck and Hammond line earlier on and just how mm-hmm. football that's been. How do you compare that with the team from last year? That's what I say last year, 1920. How do you compare that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, like like I said earlier, we, we've gone so much younger. Um, although, to be fair, last year, I think we only had Drew Schistel and Yanni Larkin over the age of 30 when the, when the season started. But um, I think Danny's pretty much gone... Uh, to the same blueprint that he did that year. You know, he, he's picked up a couple of guys straight out of the NCAA in, uh, in Jermaine and Keck there, and uh, they worked out really well. It was similar to how um, uh, Paul Camp, Curran, and Eichstad worked. Um, they were fresh out of the NCAA, and I think all three of them uh, in, in various ways impressed. And, and then he, he stuck to uh, some, of the, some of the bodies that he knew. You know, he knew what he was going to get out of Mike Hammond, um, he, like you said, he wasn't going to leave him on the table, um, depending on what happened in Denmark. You know, they didn't want him to fall down to whoever was after us. I forget now. It seems like long ago. Um, and then, you know, uh, Luke Ferrara was always going to be protected. He came back from Poland, slotted right in there with Yanni. Um, and then I think really in that line, the only difference is they had Andy Johnston um, last year, and, and he was amazing on that line. He was the glue. Um, and I don't think they've quite found a partner that sits perfectly in that spot um i think maybe the only downside and i'm not entirely sure why this is against from last year but for some reason uh our third line we didn't have a fourth line um has kind of struggled with their puck possession at times and and um kind of caught chasing the game which is uh uh, caused a little bit of criticism at times, I think, from Danny constructively. But look, you know, like you said, some of these guys haven't played for 12 months um, and it's a, it's a very brief time to pull it together. But look, we, we finished second, I think, for the Blaze. That was a really, really good result. We've avoided the Steelers because we were rubbish against them. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup with uh, Nottingham starting tomorrow. It certainly is. And I think another thing that stood out for me is, is the showcase and the, the British talent that's involved, certainly the, the younger players that have come through. And let's let's kind of look at the, the wider um, sort of community of, of players that are involved in this competition. Which British players have stood out, particularly the younger ones? Liam Kirk's an obvious one because he's come on so well um, since we last seen him on these shores. But who's, who's really stood out from a, a young British point of view? James, you first. Well, uh, you say young, well, so I'll just... Put these guys, well, one of these guys is, is not a young player anymore. But the line that the Panthers ran with the Rob Lakovich, Oli Betridge and Lewis Hook was, was some people may have looked at that and thought, oh, I don't know about these guys all on the same line. But it really worked in terms of uh, two-way players, both all three of them really doing absolutely everything out there with the two defensemen as well. But Lewis Hook was a guy that had done well previously, but of course got a little bit better over the last year. But in, in terms of the Panthers, Josh Tetlow has just come on leaps and bounds I said during one of the games it seems like he's realized over the last month or so he's six foot seven bigger than pretty much everybody out there and can actually put in some hits and, and check some guys in the corner and he, he picked up a couple of penalties and that's what you expect with a guy that's that big against some of the some of the smaller guys but 
Tetlow is somebody that I've seen for the last, what, three years or so. And, and now you wouldn't hesitate to put him and start him out there and, and put him on that top defensive line. John? Jonathan? Uh, Hazeldine. Every time I watch him, uh, it makes me think that the Panthers are going to regret that for a decade. He just looks so comfortable. And um, he, you know, looking for the, the great British defenseman of the future. And there he is right there. I've been hugely impressed with him every time I've seen him. He just doesn't look out of place. There's no shortage of confidence in puck carrying, in, in his passing, in his checking. Um, I, I just, well, I wish he was a steal, to be honest, but the Storm have, uh, have really pulled a coup in, uh, in getting him over to their side. Interesting. Earlier in the podcast, we, we spoke with Seth Bennett, um, part of the Manchester Storm, a commentary team. And just when you mentioned Hazeldine there, Jonathan, he actually reckons Hazeldine will be on the plane for, for GB ahead of Paul Swindlehurst. What do you make of that, Ed? Paul's uh, playing with you guys right now. What do you make of that comment? Well, that's the point. He hasn't been, has he? Um, and like Jonathan said, Hazeldine's been superb. Um, so I, that, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. And it's no, no slight on Paul. You know, you uh, if you want to take a defence with a bit of size, like... Um, I think James was talking about Tetlow a minute ago, you know, that can mix it up in the corners and be pretty responsible. He's your guy, but, you know, Hazeldine showed that, yeah, he can do that. He's not a small guy, but um, he's, he's probably got better skating upside. And um, yeah, it's amazing that Finity's just kind of let him off his leash to, to be that puck carrying defenseman. And it, it works out well for him. And while, while we're talking about British players and puck moving defensemen, again, our, our boy, David Clements, I mentioned earlier, he's really, really jumped on leaps and bounds, taken, the, the opportunity um, afforded to him with both hands. So it's great that he's going to be on the plane for his first cap. And I doubt he'll get iced, but Jordan Headley has been uh, was been very impressive for every game that he's iced for the Blaze and, you know, kept them in it. There have been games where uh, he, I think he's played three or four and we could have been five goals adrift and he's still on his head to, to keep us alive in them. So, yeah, I'm really pleased for both of those guys. Now, as I say, it's playoffs week this week. The semi-finals start on Tuesday, as we record, and then the second legs over Wednesday and Thursday. Then the finals start on Saturday. It could be two games, it could be three games. We just don't know. So how is this week going to pan out? Um, back to you, James. Am I allowed to say the Steelers without anybody coming to attack me from the Nottingham side? But they're clearly the best side, clearly have got more firepower, other than, uh, of course, the Blazers have got plenty of firepower. But the Steelers have got it through five guys up there as opposed to just Keck and, and Hammond, really. So, um, not the Steelers, but the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan? The Steelers still have um, a question-marking goal in terms of are they going to risk John Muse, um, who we've seen 32 minutes of and he looks pretty good, but we don't really know if he's fit. It's a big gamble, to put him in, and if he just slightly aggravates it, then one of the backups has got to go in cold, and that has sometimes worked and not always worked. Um, that's the only real question mark over the Steelers, as well as Churchfield and Warburton have played, and they have impressed, but they've impressed from their role as inexperienced backups, as players making their way in the professional game. They'll develop into much better goalies than they are at the moment. If the Steelers had a fit and healthy John Muse, Again, the Steelers would be even bigger favourites than they are currently. Um, I've mentioned this on the, the Steelers uh, broadcast already this tournament. It's just down to the Steelers' offence. Can they score enough goals to win? They've been involved in a lot of close games, but the games when they've scored two, three and four have been the games that they've lost. 
So the Steelers almost have to sort of forget who's in goal and go all out all the time with the intention of scoring a hatful. Yes, you're going to be exposed the other way, but those goals will go past any goalkeeper. So let's just concentrate on scoring, scoring plenty. It's worked for the Steelers um, throughout Aaron Fox's reign. The Steelers have always been a high-scoring team under his leadership. So we just want to see that continue. I don't think reverting to traditional playoff hockey tight, gritty stuff is the way for the Steelers to go at all. So, Ed, why are Coventry going to win this uh, elite series then? Come on, let's have it. Uh, well, to be honest with you, I've been saying this with Stu for the last couple of games. Um, they've pretty much got the foundations. Um, you know, statistically speaking, they've got one of, if not the best netminders in, um, in Shane Owen. Best power play, best penalty kill, top goal scorer, top assists guy, top point scorer. Um, you know, they're, they're there. You know, they've got a, a great top six, um, even if they're trying to figure out the conundrum of who you stick with, Yanni and, um, and Ferrara there. But the, the one thing that's killed the Blaze has just been um, some decisions in the puck. They've cleared up the defensive zone, which was a little bit worrying for the first week or so. So, yeah, if we can make better decisions on the puck, not panic, which a couple of the guys have said that P word um, in, in various interviews. They cleaned that up. I, I really think that them and the Steelers are, are the two teams um, in, in this competition. And uh, yeah, possibly that's what the final is going to look like. Can I give some reasoning for the Panthers then, seeing as I didn't know we were doing it that way around. I thought we were saying that. Who, who do you think would win it? Looking then, well, Ed's just listed off all, all the stats there that are in favour of the Blaze, but the one that perhaps matters most in playoff hockey is conceding goals and keeping them out. And the Panthers, although they've not scored hatfuls, haven't let in as many as the other teams with two netminers like Jackson Whistle and Ben Bounds, uh, perhaps even that way around in the, in the playoffs, having what we've seen in the so-called regular season, that may come down to it. You may win games 2-1. You may have to uh, go 2-2 and get an overtime winner. But with those two guys back there and, and somebody like Mark Matheson, then why not make it the Panthers? Can we delete that bit that I said earlier? <laughs> uh, that's it, uh, <laughs> So what's been the highlight of the competition so far? What goal, what moment has, uh, has got you kind of off your feet. I'm not sure if it was you, Ed, that was uh, really talking up the David Clement's goal the other day, the Coast to Coast yeah. one. Was that you or was it Stu? I can't remember, but that's certainly up there. Your own personal point of view then, what's the, what's been the highlights been? Uh, I think the Clements one's pretty close. Um, you know, there have been some really good moments. The, the Blazers have played some very entertaining hockey and um, certainly had some games they've, they've taken to OT inside the last minute, which we've called, which have been fun. But I think just because he's been around a while, you know, he, he's from Coventry. He's always kind of been that sixth defenseman um, and just his personality, you know, uh, outside of the rink, he always talks to the fans. He always has time for the media guys. He even took me up on an offer to go play around a golf last summer when we were allowed to, you know, he's a stand-up guy. So to see Clements score three goals, I think he's got five assists. All three were big goals. Um, and particularly that, you know, that coast-to-coast marker, that's that's probably my highlight with with all of that um, context thrown in there. James? Uh, I'll, I'll go for two, really. The, the Tristan Keck one early on, shorthanded, just blazed down, the, well, if you excuse that, went down the right-hand side and just fired it straight into the top corner. And I think it's, I think that was when Strax was on commentary with me. And he was just like, whoa, when that went in, it was just came out of absolutely nowhere and then he obviously went on to score hatfuls of goals in that but Oli Betridge the other day uh, going in and out a couple of the, the defenders and then on his way down pretty much on the floor and just managed to poke it through the netminder's legs that was uh, if the fans were in there Oli is an obviously loved guy at the Panthers anyway if the fans were in there the roof would have come off 
And Jonathan. I'm glad you, you mentioned that one, James, because I was about to, if you hadn't. That's my favourite Panthers goal. Uh, my favourite Blaze goal. I love um, Ross Venus's overtime winner. Um, not as a, as a great goal, but just the way that game went with Nottingham just pummeling the shots in. Most, one of the most one-sided games in terms of shot count you'll ever see up until the late power play when Coventry flipped the switch and just fired in a ton on bounds and finally forced it through in overtime. For me, despite all the, the big Sheffield wins and the goals we've scored, that was the game I've enjoyed watching most throughout this tournament. And from a Steelers perspective, Jason Hewitt scoring again for the Steelers. Um, he's got a couple, but that first one against Manchester was uh, was a really special moment. I'd seen him score a few for the uh, for the Steel Dogs during the uh, the Spring Cup, but, uh, but that was a really nice moment. Excellent. I think that's a good way to end it, gentlemen. Um, can I just say on behalf of everybody, we've really enjoyed your work throughout this tournament. We look forward to hearing more of it in the next few days. So thank you for that. And also thank you for coming on the BIH show. It's been good to hear your, your points of view in the tournament so far in the tournament ahead. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Huge thanks to Ed Kimberley, James Brandon and Jonathan Fernley, plus Seth Bennett and Simon Harris from earlier. Big week coming up in Nottingham and we can't wait to see who's crowned the champion at the end of it. Check out the latest news on britishicehockey.co.uk. Follow us on social media via Twitter and Instagram and like the official Facebook page. And don't forget to download the audio edition of the BIH show via your podcast provider where you'll find all our previous editions there as well. In the meantime, stay safe, enjoy the week ahead in the Elite Series and I'll be back soon for another edition of the BIH show. Take care. Bye for now. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.